Oh my goodness. Can you believe it? We are at the final episode for season one of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast podcast. And we are ending the season with Timothy Roy, coach for those leaders who are willing to do the inner work necessary for success that is truly fulfilling. Diving into what can happen when we take radical, personal responsibility for ourselves and our realities, Tim helps us explore what if businesses created their own leaps and bounds for fulfilling success. Are you ready? Me too. For one final time on season one, let's listen in. Hello there, I'm Lindsay Harl, your host of the Businesses Are People Too podcast. I'm a brand and content specialist by trade, and one day it hit me. Businesses are exactly like people with the exact same needs. After all, humans are made of the same components, yet put together differently to create our unique selves. Businesses too are made of the exact same components, put together differently to thrive as their unique selves. And with this, I ask, what if businesses realize that they are people too? Oh, the possibilities and opportunities that could happen. And so I invite you to join me as I connect with business leaders, mental health experts, and other crucial thinkers and practitioners exploring what could happen if we gave our businesses the exact right nutrients and care for their original self. Excited? Me too. Let's dive in. All right, everybody, welcome, welcome to another episode of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Harl, and please join me in welcoming today's guest, Timothy Roy. Now, Tim is here to help humanity reveal its highest expression of self. He specializes in helping folks change the relationship they have to the subconscious stories that shape their success in life relationship, business, and health. Working with Tim is kind of like talking to Gandhi and Fred Flintstone wrapped into one individual. His lighthearted approach to circumstances with gravity are a big part of the magic that helps his clients get over themselves and live from a place of freedom. Of course, on a wee more personal level, I know that Tim is a lover of wine, wisdom, and well-being. And most interestingly, how often the three are interconnected. <laughs> Very mind-blowing stuff. So please welcome me and saying hello to Tim. Hi, Tim. Well, hello, Lindsay, and thanks. Uh, thanks for that. That was, uh, <laughs> I love the quirk you brought to it, if you know what I mean. Love it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about, quirk, but okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you for being here. Um, <laughs> That's my pleasure. So for my listeners and the businesses are people to leaders out there, can you please tell us a little wee bit about yourself and your journey, both as a leader and a business owner? Well, sure. I guess, uh, I guess where I'd like to start with that is most importantly, I'm a, I'm husband and father. Um, I have a beautiful wife, Sasha and our 11 year old son, Kai. And that's where I really like to show up the, you know, most in the world. And uh, that's just, I think everything builds out of the relationships that we, that we foster. And so fostering kind of relationships from the center out, I think is a really, really important piece. Now um, that's kind of just, well, that's, that's the, that's the important part. Now, as far as like being a business leader and, and my journey and all that kind of stuff, uh, what I can tell you is like, I was not always doing what I'm doing. I was I actually, my, my wellness path, if you will, began as a massage therapist. I was a massage therapist for the better part of 20 years. But what was really interesting about that work um, was even though like I, I excelled, I graduated, taught my class and I became an instructor and at a couple of different colleges and that, 
and just the idea of massage was cool. Like, you know, helping people, you know, figure out their body stuff. Something that I learned really early in my career was there seemed to be this thing that no matter who came on the table and why, like for the physical ailment, you know, massage, massage environment can often be like the, the salon or something like that. And we end up having conversations about things. And what ended up being really consistent is that people always seem to have some kind of precursive stressor before their body thing showed up. And I didn't, I didn't really know what to do about it for the longest time. And, and, and so I started studying messages from the body stuff, which is actually the name of one of the books that I refer to. Um, you know, Louise Hay, a lot of people will be you know, familiar with and stuff. And so the message from the body is like, take Louise Hay and take it to, you know, the university kind of level, level. But the relationship between the body and what was going on with people on the inside, right, their inner journey seemed to be very tightly connected. And I thought, well, wow, you know, a lot of the training that I had got through my own personal development path and all this stuff, I'm like, there's got to be a way to maybe conjoin these two things. And so I ended up uh, developing and creating something called the deep issue massage method. So we'd actually work with people. I would work with people on the table and different parts of the body are connected to different ideas and different ordeals. And so that those, those programs, if you will, that people were stuck in and recurring all this stuff, massage, working with the body, relaxing them, and then doing this call and response resolution method of helping them let go of their past, overcoming the obstacles in their present, and to envision a new future became really, really powerful. And then as I worked with more and more people that, uh, with that method, more and more people wanted the coaching to, keep, to, to continue. So it was kind of a natural thing that I didn't expect. I didn't see myself being in, you know, kind of a, a coaching realm, but um, it's where it went, it's where life took, took me. I was doing the work myself and was experiencing the value of the work myself. And so it just kind of became a natural occurrence that I started helping people at a, at a bigger and bigger level. And, and now I just help people who, I love helping people who just have, feel like they're destined to lead in some area of their life and help them just remove the obstacles so they can do that no no that's that's beautiful and what's really interesting about your coaching style number one what i loved about that is that you had a pun in it deep issue massage <laughs> right as opposed to deep tissue massage tissue. i mean but most importantly well, is that your coaching style itself it very much connects the individual to a mindset of higher being um, yeah. often something that we're just not even aware of to think of, of um, when it comes to running a business. Why yeah. would you, right? So how do you find that this style of coaching that you work with and, and utilize with your people, uh, how does it impact uh, the individual versus more traditional coaching methods that you have seen in practice? Yeah, very good. Great question. Um, and it's a, it's a, <laughs> that answering this question is a bit like hitting a moving target because there are so many different coaching styles and so many great coaches out there doing things in different ways. But if I was to just kind of try to differentiate my, my way, my style, as I see it from my own, from the, my own bias of self is that instead of trying to just solve problems, right? Especially in business coaching, people come with their problems and we're just trying to often just trying to solve that problem and then try that, right? Mm -hmm. But um, what I found that was infinitely more effective, especially you know, from my study and understanding of quantum mechanics and, and looking at, at the environment of everything as a whole, if you will, that if I found that if I could help somebody shift who they were being while they were doing, Mm -hmm. big huge things can happen and unforeseen things right so it's it's in the who is doing right so which version of Lindsay is doing x right because if if you're if you try to change things at the level at which you're already uh performing at well the thing is, is that 
you only have a certain effect. But if you start leaning into like the next different version of you and begin to uh, go and explore that conversation between the, the, the now you and the future you, if you will, mm-hmm. well, then the future you comes at, comes at problems and things, different strategies from a much different place. So we play in this kind of, you know, sandbox, if you will, of experiencing what it feels like to, to already be in that experience and then sort of move backwards to see how, what we needed to unfold in order to have that person do it. So like if I said, Lindsay, if we were having this discussion three years in the future and we did this, actually, we, you know, like, let's have the discussion as that person, what were some of the first steps that you did? Right. And you'll notice that you have a completely different feeling in your body when you're speaking from that place. And when you have a different feeling in your body, your all of your chemistry is working differently. Your neurobiology is working better. You become more creative and more, you, you know, your anxiety level goes down. You're not hung up on the things that happened in your past. And so by exploring that idea and working with a lot more play, like I have a, I have a real underlying core belief in my, in my practice that healing doesn't have to be heavy. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll, you know, I've, I've worked with several people who have been in therapy for many, many years and then we were able to move the needle in a very, very short period of time, mostly because we bring levity to the whole situation. And instead of continually revisiting things, we release things, overcome obstacles, but come at it from a shift in identity, if you will. Some call, some call it identity, some call it ego, some people call it persona, whatever it is. But it's not trying to push yourself into that. It's actually feeling into what that future feels like and then pulling, pulling the solution towards you. So <clears throat> hope that was clear. So, I don't know. I felt a bit maybe wordy there. <laughs> let me see if I have this, um, particularly right. because, um, uh, you know, our listeners here are leaders, they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners, and it's really understanding, okay, how, um, how is a business like a person? So if we're looking at this, and from what I'm hearing you say, uh, the work that you do is it's not, uh, people come to you and say, I have X problem in business. This is really where I'm looking to strategize going forward. Help. Right. You're not saying, great, this is the problem. This is how we're going to get there. Wonderful. You're actually going to um, dig deeper and say, okay, Suggest, say, say we have this problem already gone, what's that end? What does that feel like? What does that look like? More importantly though, who are you? Yeah. How do you feel? Even what do you look like? What energy are you having? How are you leading your team and so on and so forth? So what I'm wondering here is if we kind of draw that parallel of a business as a person, Yep. For the leadership, thank you. (laughs) But that parallel of a business as a person, if we're looking at a business personhood and the individuals, the departments uh, responsible for moving that business forward, moving that needle forward, would you sort of walk them through that same process of, okay, this is who your business is today, that's great, what version of the business do we need to become or what version of the business are we becoming to serve a better self? And then from there you can walk them through how they got there. Is that sort of a. Well, yes, that's going to, that's definitely part of it. But here's what I find, you know, a lot of people say, you know, Oh, it's, 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 uh, it's just business. It's not personal or something like that. Right. Mm. That's this kind of thing that rolls around in corporate corporate culture, Mm -hmm. but businesses are created of people Mm -hmm. by people, Mm -hmm. right. And for people, right. We don't have businesses that are created for your toaster. You know, (laughs) yes, you can go buy bread, but bread is really for, you know, the end user. Yeah. Yeah. The toaster doesn't go, Oh, great. Finally bread. Yay. You know, it doesn't do that. Well, I don't know. don't know, but fair enough. I'm not a toaster. <laughs> and I guess I should watch myself, but I always go back to, okay, well, if it once, if you're looking for a shift in business, 
Well, we still have to go back to the originating source of business, right? Mm-hmm. So why did you start this business? Who, who are you? Who were you when you started this business? And if you're running into problems, then there's a, there's a thing that says you can't, well, Einstein was, you know, is more than famous for saying something to the effect of, you can't solve a problem at the level of thinking that created it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a problem in your business, I always start with the person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why is it that you want to change things in your business? Okay, what, it, what is the change that you would like to see, see in your business? And are you reflecting that change inside you first? Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. who do you need to become in order to have that shift in your business make manifest? Because there's all kinds of stuff that happen, like, you know, at risk of getting a little woo-woo for some of these folks, but that's okay. I can handle it. It's where I see the biggest shifts in people is when the shifts in business happen when the shift in the individual has, has happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because every, people have heard, they're familiar with this idea of as above, so below, as within, so without, right? The alpha, the omega, there's like a very, very holistic kind of model that I like looking with or looking through. And so when, as when we look at it as a business, as a person, which by the way, a business, if you're working like through a corporation or something like that, it's actually legally mm-hmm. a business is a person. They call it an artificial person. And I, I don't know if everybody knows that. And actually in certain ways that, that corporation or whatever can actually have more rights and freedoms than, than the individual. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really cool. I, I love working with entrepreneurs because there's so many different um, intricacies and nuances and things that we can, we can work with. But ultimately I always have to bring it back to the individual because if we don't take the individual and see what's going on with that individual, that business leader, mm-hmm. right? Cause the, the, the version of themselves that they're being, even though they might have a larger vision for the business, they, the, the actual, log jam and stuff might be that they're not actually energetically aligned with that future vision of their business because my job becomes very, very easy when they shift into the person that knows that that business is happening, even though they haven't, don't have it on their spreadsheet yet, basically on their bottom line, but they're absolutely dead sure that it's happening and they're in alignment with it Mm -hmm. because if they're out of alignment with the idea, well, then it just won't happen. There will always be some kind of obstacle that shows up. It's, it's like it's divinely intertwined to help that individual shift into the being that can make that business a reality. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, of, of larger corporations and such, even when higher C-suite executives switch over or boards and the inner work that has to go on. And you can tell when a company is having misalignment in the higher level because there's disconnect between what the company and brand claims they are right. and how that's getting translated by the leadership, um, particularly when there's handovers, which is often why there's handovers because the person themselves no longer connects with what the vision once was. Anyway. Yes. Yeah, I totally, I, I totally yeah. agree with that. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just an observation by me or if I'm actually this is just, I'm attracting more of this idea, but it seems like to me that what's happening in the world today is allowing for less and less um, misalignment to mm-hmm. actually happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So if there's misalignment with the vision and that vision is, is coming from um, a place other than four people, it needs a lot more force and a lot more pressure and a lot more control and a lot more things that don't make people happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They might give an illusion of success at some level, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, I, I, was, I was listening um, to a podcast with Aubrey Marcus um, and he was talking about this really neat idea of how close an energy power is and love is. Because the, the, when you're feeling those things, when you're feeling powerful, right, it's a very intoxicating experience. But mm-hmm. it lacks what love has, because love has an also intoxicating experience that's very powerful. 
but it has substance and depth to it. Mm-hmm. So what I believe, you know, is, is, is for like, I don't, I don't, I won't ever work with a company that just simply wants to increase their bottom line. That's just not what I do. Right. My, that's not my, my mandate. My mandate is to serve humanity, mm-hmm. whatever, whichever way makes sense for you. Cause so, you know, in this conversation, the leader that we would describe is a, is a business leader of some kind. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're a solopreneur, maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're a business owner or whatever. And that's in this conversation, but it might be time for a lot of other people to redefine what leadership actually is. No, and I think we're seeing a lot of that now is people are starting to understand that leadership is outside of outside of the professional world. At least, at least in the circles that I am having conversations with these days um, and the ones that I'm looking forward to entering in the future. But it very much seems that idea of we have to really step into our own sense of self uh, to be able to move forward in some sort of human way with more human hearts and just making more, well, it's not even impact, at least for myself, the word impact is a very strong word. I think for me, it's more influence. So how can we influence the world a little bit more and what influence do we want to have around us? And that really starts by understanding, well, how do I hold myself accountable? How do I want to show up? Am I showing up in that way? No. Oh, well then how do I? And I think um, a lot of people, I believe and I see and I hear a lot of people doing so in their personal lives. I absolutely see that in a part of my language here, but not really in a crap ton of the uh, entrepreneurs and business owners of the community that I've been a part of Mm -hmm. here in Calgary with their pivots and their understanding. They're really going in and saying, well, my world's been blowing up. What's important? How do I go forward? I want to make an impact. How can I do that? Yeah. And their whole worlds have been changed, but they've, flourished because they've gone inward to understand how do I lead? Well, how do I lead for myself on a bigger way? hundred percent. There, there is yeah. such a huge gift it does, for a lot of people. It doesn't feel like a gift, but there's a mm-hmm. gift that's happening in this world right now, you know, because of this, you know, pandemic thing that we've been dealing with and working with. And quite frankly, I'm going to use the word gifted, which mm-hmm. I know could, I'm going to probably get some messages about that that aren't going to be favorable. But just ride with me for a little bit and let's see what happens. Because how many people do you know that were doing the, maybe a business that they don't like and they're not in love with? Or how they were doing that business they weren't in love with and, and they were you know, burning themselves out and running themselves into the ground? You know? or, or maybe it's like even the area that they were working in, mm-hmm. they really weren't jazzed by. Right. So it gets, it looks like from the outside that it's getting stripped away from us. But if, if you take this to its, its deepest level, you know, what we're seeing out there is a reflection back to what's happening inside of us and the things that we're seeing in there out there are gifted to us to help reveal something that we can resolve. And when we resolve something, we end up becoming more and more in aligned with whatever it is, you know, mm. be it is in business, love, health, whatever. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So the more that we can help, you know, my mission is the more people I can help get aligned that way. So is the vision incorrect? Does it need to be in alignment with who you are? Because sometimes people have, they talk about having such a big vision that it scares you. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. there's some value yeah. to that, right? There's some value to that. But then there's this other idea of having a vision, vision that's so, so far out there that you almost never get started. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's so out of alignment with who you are today. You just get to talk about it forever. So maybe the target just needs to mm. be moved. Yeah. So, do you have the right vision for you? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Is, is it the right vision for you? And we need to find that sweet spot where the mm. vision for you stretches you enough and asks, asks enough of you mm-hmm. to make something different. Cause like, you know, we're, if, if this, if this, uh, 
experience that we call life is supposed to be a cakewalk. Well, I think there's about 0% of the people who are, who are doing that, right? There's, I think I'm over eating the jello. There's no cakewalk here. It's just a jello <laughs> walk. Like, golly. You know, it's, it's, and it's here to all, it's here to help us, mm -hmm. right? Everything, you know, you're familiar with my EMPs, my emotional mastery principles and that I've collected from others and put some in myself. But one of those things is everything's here for a reason. And that reason helps me become my best self. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So the world as it is right now is calling you and the people who are listening to stretch into the next version of themselves that can actually be a leader in whatever area it is. I believe leadership is destined within everybody. It just might look differently for you than it looks for me. And, and, and that's a great point. Um, I know for myself, the term leader has never been something that I've worn ever just because in my own head, I see it very hierarchical, very triangle, very corporate, um, simply right. because of the background that I started my career in and because of the professional, professionalness of my parents and, their, and theirs. It was a very hierarchical, you report, you report, there's people who make the visions, people who implement, and then people who just uh, are there. I don't know. Right. So whenever I've been asked, are you a leader? I'm like, no, because I'm running uh, my sole proprietor company. Yes, I have writer contractors, writer contractors. Yes, I have contractors. But to me, they are my team who I just, they're just merely um, who support my clients. Right. Um, I'm not leading them into success. Really, they're there supporting me and supporting my clients. However, when I sort of sat down and thought, okay, well, what is a leader to me? Um, now I see it as somebody who just continually wants to improve themselves, is there to serve others and lift others along the way and do so in as true to themselves, value-focused manner as possible. And if you're doing that, others will follow beside you. Others and will join, right? Others will join. And I think in understanding, oh, that is what a leader can be, is just encouraging someone to come and join them beside, just because this is what I'm doing. And I don't say it, but I'm doing the actions people come and see and they join in the actions. And I get a lot of notes. And I just even think back to junior high. Uh, I was always surprised when this one gal, which is out and over, say, I always think to myself, what would Lindsay do? What would Lindsay do in this situation? And that's always stayed with me. And I think has actually had more impact this year of, well, people are watching. You just don't need to be out there banging your chest, being all, I'm a leader. It's, this is what I need to do for myself. This is where I'm going. This is who I'm serving. This is why I'm doing it. And that's what I'm putting out there. And in that, maybe that will inspire someone else to do the same on their own. And they can then do that. So, well, uh, yeah. A hundred, 110%, if that's even possible. You know, I was doing a, I was coaching a, a, a woman this morning who's, it's been a delight like yourself watching her step into her herself, right? She's also started a podcast. She's a entrepreneur as well. And we were talking about this, you know, you, this, what would Lindsay do for instance? And now we can extrapolate that a little bit because um, like I'm, I'm not, I, I don't have any religious affiliations whatsoever. I, I'm, I find myself a deeply spiritual man mm -hmm. and my, my, my spiritual belief basically just lives in love and compassion and, and allowing you to be where you're at. And then let th that opens up for a conversation to move to somewhere else. But in this, in the, in the Christian world, you'll see hats sometimes that say WWJD, mm -hmm. right? It's this, what would Jesus do? Right. <laughs> and, and it, that also, you know, is, is a wonderful, uh, idea and has a lot of merit you know what would jesus do but often people will trip themselves up because 
they're comparing themselves with one of the most fully realized individuals that ever walked the planet. Fair. Right? Yes. Yeah. And that just might be a little bit too far <laughs> of a stretch, a little bit too far of a jump. I'm not no Jesus. Mm -mm. Right. I am not Jesus. <laughs> no. Well, and you know, Jesus was quoted as saying something to the effect of, you know, um, even these or and greater things you will do once you basically realize who the fuck you are. Pardon. Can I see it? Yes, you can. I'll put a knee on this episode. Perfect. Okay. So now I believe what he was in, implying by that is that we all have that God essence within us. Like we all have something that we can draw from that's of the same thing. Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. in in that particular belief system it's 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 kind of hierarchical but i don't believe that that's what his message was mm -hmm. i think humans did that to the message um so in this case instead of what does jesus do right you might go what would Lindsay do you might go Lin what would Lindsay do and i'll take this a step further mm -hmm. in saying right now so you and i are experiencing we're going on this little exploration and adventure of what would it feel like to slide in to a different identity of you, a different, just to feel out what it feels like to live at, if you're today at Lindsay 3.0, there's this Lindsay 4.0 that's yet to be revealed that already exists. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it's like going on this treasure hunt, trying to un, unfurl it, un, you know, remove the things that are keeping Lindsay 4.0 from just showing up because she's already here. So in this case, you could not only say, what would Lindsay do? You could say, what would Lindsay 4.0 do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And it just gives you it. And when you begin to feel the polarization of those two different versions of you and you've experienced this and anybody out, anybody out there can experience this if they'll just open up to how to work with these little shifts in identity, then we continue to move that needle into the future to create your present. Right. Yeah. So if we have you experience in your body, what Lindsay 4.0 is experience in, in her body, your body will also start producing the thoughts of Lindsay 4.0, right? And then instead of working necessarily with like, lots of people like working with affirmations, right? But I, I find affirmations a bit of a push thing, right? I'm trying, mm -hmm. trying to convince myself of this. And they have their place and they have their effect. And they but, work for some people, but not for, for everyone, but that's everyone. the thing if, is there's if other you have options. The, the willpower of Louise Hay, who can say it 80 to 90,000 times a day, well, then all the power to you. Mm -hmm. But what I have found that's been really effective in, in, in my work personally and the work that I do with others is what's the conversation? Let's enter the, the conversation in the mind of Lindsay 4.0. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And Lindsay yeah. 4.0 is having different thoughts than 3.0. Right? And those thoughts feel like to 4.0 they're feeling like this is just the way it is right mm -hmm. to 3.0 they feel they might feel like an affirmation right? well it's interesting um if it can address that for a bit is it's often for myself very difficult to think well who am i becoming who do i want to be and that was a very hard thing for me to start understanding and I'm still working on it and understanding what that can be as, um, as I work my own clarity tools and such. Um, but I find for myself though, is when I'm looking at, okay, so right now I'm Lindsay 3.0, I'm moving towards Lindsay 4.0. Well, what does that even look like? I often have to think back, well, what did Lindsay 1.0 look like? to actually start to understand, oh, there has been a clear differentiation of how I've started to step into my voice, of how I started to make decisions, of how I actually live in alignment with the values that I have, have proclaimed are my values. Um, and once I can identify, oh, that's how I started to shift from Lindsay 0.0 to Lindsay 3.0, Lindsay 4.0 becomes a lot easier to see and then I can step into her and, and realize she's already got the wisdom because Lindsay 3.0 had the wisdom that Lindsay 1.0 needed. That's right. And so it's you start to understand I have this power. I'm already there. I just need to start talking to myself as though I am. 
And it's very, but yes. I mean, for me, it is. It's that separation of the different identities because it then allows me to speak to a quote unquote wiser being who I know I'll become because this Lindsay right now in front of us was wiser than the one three months ago and she'll continue to be wiser than the one three and she'll get wiser three months down the road from the right. one today. And we don't know how many iterations there are, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's the whole thing is to let go of. And, you know, with this, this idea of like, what do I want to become kind of thing? Like I said, many times to, to different things that has its merit, mm -hmm. but there are some other more powerful ways of thinking is more like, who do I want to become? Yep. yep. And when do I want to become? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause the, what mm -hmm. do I want to become? There's, there's kind of a big degree of separation that comes along with that, that statement, right? Mm -hmm. That question. You know, the who do I want to become gets a little bit closer. But the when do I want to become, if you, if, if, if you can bring yourself to get into the now moment, it's like, well, then you say, well, I want to become now. So what I can do then is then start doing these, these practices of, of, of feeling what it feels like to, to shift into 4.0 in this case mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and see how the thoughts are different. And mm -hmm. you can play with that, you know? And so the cool thing about having like, you know, goals and trying to attain goals and things like that is if you can fall in love with who you will become by having that that goal make manifest you might find out that who you became made that goal manifest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you follow it's, that it's very uh, meaty i guess it's very head filling it's very circular but i mean and but at some point well, I guess this goes to that whole radical personal responsibility aspect that you um, very much lead with and, yes. and encourage, let's say, <laughs> encourage your clients to start utilizing within their life is this radical personal responsibility to, to stop a circle of, well, this is just who I am and that's how it is. And these are my problems. And now I just need you to lay out a clear plan for me. Thank you very much yes. to, well, I guess this is who I am, but this is who I know I am going to be and who, and this is how she will feel. This is how she acts, so on and so forth. Now, how can I do that? So you actually take them out of the circle, but then they also create the circle going forward as to, well, because I'm already operating this way. There's no way it's, yeah, it's a very esoteric, you gotta be up well, here kind it, of thing, it, but it, not. It sounds esoteric to talk about it because it's difficult to explain. It's but the it, action. It, yeah. it does, it, it's very practical when yes. you just put it into action, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. So like when, we, when we're having the discussions about being a leader, Mm -hmm. Right. We want to see how, who do I need to be a leader? Who do I, who, who do I need to become to be a leader? Mm -hmm. Well, then we have a couple of different options, right? We can go take leadership training. We can go, we can, we can learn all of the tools, tactics, and techniques to becoming a leader. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, or, and we can also experiment with this idea of what did it feel like to actually complete what it is that I'm after and how did I get here? And you do it from a, like, <laughs> I heard it explained this way. Like, let's say one of your goals was to have 10 million bucks in your bank account. Mm -hmm. Most coaching will say, well, all right, how do we do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what if instead, we said, okay, envision yourself having 10 million bucks in your bank account. How would you feel? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And the more you can get into that, like, holy shit, how did I get here kind of idea? Like that energy that, 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 that brings curiosity up. Well, then it becomes like unfolding a story. You know, like great, great storytelling leads with high drama, right? You see a trailer of a movie and boom, pow, smash. And you might even see a clip of like the, the climax of the scene of the movie. Mm 
Mm -hmm. but you'll have no context for it. Mm-hmm. And then you're brought back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. So when, it, when a movie is done really, really well, it's like this experience of like, holy shit, how did that happen? Right? And then what you get, you, you become curious, you become kind of emotionally invested in f- staying with the storyline to see how that ended up happening. Mm-hmm. So if we can take that and bring somebody that take that whole idea of what sparks us. Why do we love movies so much? Like these epic films and all this stuff. Why do we love that? And why does it jazz us so much? Well, it's because I think that's how we were designed to operate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we just take that idea of how epic storytelling is done, but then translate that into an actual functional piece to live in business and life and relationship and health and whatever your, 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 your struggle is, it's like, then we can start using the power of imagination when we when we start feeling differently like i said we 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 liberate different chemical responses in our body we become more relaxed we become curious we become playful well and and in that um is it's not just playing with the good feels of ownership and leadership it's 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 playing with I don't call them bad feels. I mean, they're important feels, but those emotions that tend to make us feel gross, the worry, the stress, the concern, and so on and so forth. Um, but rather than sitting in that then of, oh, this is just so heavy. These are, these are just the feelings a leader has to bear. Mm-hmm. We can, we can do something. About we can that. do something about that because okay. le- like, what, can I speak to that? Just heck yes. Oh my Excellent. golly. Yes. So, I want, and something I want to like, just give a little massage, if you will, to, to what you said. And what you said something like, you know, emotions that make us feel gross, right? So, so what that implies is that something happened out there mm-hmm. that made me feel this way, brought up this emotion, and now I feel gross. That mm-hmm. kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to suggest to you is what was revealed out there was not to, re- not to make you feel anything, but to reveal the grossness that you're harboring inside. Yes, yes. And now, yeah. and now be able to learn a way to separate what we call emotion from the feeling, from the thought. Yes, right? yes. And then be able to let go of that feeling, understanding at a deeper level that that's just a feeling. It's just mm-hmm. a phenomenon my body's experiencing. I'm mm-hmm. giving meaning and significance to it. And this narrative that I have going on in my head is actually what's keeping me stuck in this cycle, speaking of circular, which then I get to create more of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if we get back to that spot, because that's that opportunity, like that's the, that's the beauty, um, the beauty part of this whole way that I operate is getting back to that 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 point where you some you feel like something's making you feel something else. Yes. Yeah. Like something out there is making me feel this way, and if we can really have an individual shift that, then everything shifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how you address things shift, how you show up in, with people shifts because mm-hmm. now you have less ick. So when that circumstance comes around again, because it will, it'll be packaged up in a completely different form or something. Mm-hmm. What you're looking for is, do I feel different mm-hmm. with regard to it? So if, mm-hmm. do I feel a little bit more free, right? And when we get people who are in business to actually implement these things in, well, it, not only does it affect their business in a possible a positive way it affects their whole life in a positive way the mm-hmm. people in your life because you can't shift the settings inside without having that reflected back to you yeah. right and yeah. people who want to to live the game of corporate compartmentalization well we're probably just not going to be having that many discussions because the whole idea of compartmentalizing things is is part of the separation models that keeps things broken mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right you might be able to like thump along like yes my right hand is separate from my left hand, you know, because if they occupied the same space, it wouldn't be much of use, right? But I'm part, it's part of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So they, we can work together. And that's like different parts in business. We all work to, if you work together, understanding that we all buy into this, this vision and understanding, but like the vision of the company has to match the vision of the individual. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you you basically have someone with a slave mentality working for you, with you, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're working mm-hmm. for someone with that slave mentality, 
or enslavement mentality. Mm -hmm. And that just, that I just don't, that's not going to cut it in my world. Right. Well, I find it so funny. Um, just thinking of that word compartmentalize is our brains are most powerful when they're in flow, you know, like when we are in that zone and nothing like our whole body's in tuned, we're in focus, we know what's going on. There's no compartmentalizing at that point. Everything's connected. And mm -hmm. so why would we want to take that away in business? When people, Absolutely. and I think that's, you know, when, when we are these most performing people, you know, and study has been done that people perform better when they are their happy, joyful selves. There are, there's research out there. Now what a person's happy, joyful self is, and that definition is different per person because we're individuals, but why would you not want someone to bring their whole self to go into a flow zone within a business? Because that just, imagine what 100%. that person can do in business then. Totally. Like, you know, we're an area that's really shows up well as in the in the world of athletics right yes yeah because in a professional athlete um what they do is their business mm -hmm. right like what they do is their business so you know kobe bryant's a great example who has now left us but he had he left um he left a bit of a legacy that a lot of not not a lot of people know about and understand and this is how one of the reasons why he became so dominant on the basketball court you know most dominant player of the generations right and he um when he was working with his coach his personal coach not his basketball coach they ended up creating this avatar for him basically they called the black mamba mm -hmm. right which was you know this powerful snake motif mm -hmm. kind of thing but what kobe bryant would do is he would shift into black mamba mode mm -hmm. and then we got to experience that on the court right the the power of the imagination is really overlooked in 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 business i think right it's it's really really not given due course because you can't measure it it can't doesn't fit on a spreadsheet it doesn't do these things mm -hmm. right but if somehow we can create culture that 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 puts the right people in the right places because what they're doing jazzes them. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't, if that, if what they're doing isn't jazzing them, but you want to treat people like people, not as objects, like disposable objects, then maybe just maybe in business, a great leader is to, is to find a, some kind of lateral shift where we can take the skills, talents and abilities of this person, what fascinates and motivates them and serves the company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right so it might say take them over here and try them over there mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you see this person light up because not only are they doing something they love but they also felt cared for so what then would what's that question you wish people would start asking to create greater movement in their business that they just don't that they most often forget yeah <laughs> Well, this is the big ask uh, of the people. In, and basically, I think it would boil down to stop asking how. Ooh. The how always shows up when yes. the right who shows up. Mm -hmm. Like there are these people that just shit seems to work for all the time. And that's because it's a done deal in those guy in that, that person's being. They, mm -hmm. they are radiating the frequency is of of done deal and now let's find out what needs to be done in order to make it happen mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right but that shift in the inner being attracts different things mm -hmm. like if, if you're trying to find out how from a place of lack from a place of want to not have like it's done like if you can imagine what it feels like to have it done mm -hmm. right you are literally going to attract different opportunities of how than when you're trying to do it from a place of lack. So because we are how people, we are, we like to know the how I absolutely agree with the who, 
once we get off this podcast, a listener's done listening. <laughs> how can they start asking who? Like, how can they start? Like, I, I, like, it's a ridiculous question I get. Like, how do they start to make that switch? Because we are, uh, myself included, have been very trained to, okay, here's the problem. How do I solve it? Here's the problem. How do I solve it? Much yes. to my husband's chagrin. So it's okay. So you're asking me now, great, to think who the, the, just trust that the right how will show up when the right who shows up. How do I start understanding that who? What's that tangible piece that I can walk away from? Even if it's just that question of how, what does, so what, what should I feel like, what will I feel like at this at the other end side of this of this problem as opposed to how do i solve this problem what will i feel at the other end is that how do we yeah. make that shift okay. did i answer that myself i'm not sure i might have confused uh, more people i don't know maybe i'll i'll see what i can add to it see, yeah <laughs> see if we can stumble through it to find out some kind of fruition to it yeah. but like you know and, but ultimately that what i just said is 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 yeah. to just stumble through it right like when when yeah. i help people triangulate what's going how to be that, that person. You know, I, I like talking about freedom from freedom to and, and freedom because, right. So looking, looking at the, what do you want the freedom from, which is often a laundry list of emotions mm -hmm. or circumstances, right? I want freedom from this. I want freedom from that. I don't want to have this have in my life anymore. I'm tired of that, blah, 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 blah. And you want to drain out that whole, you want to write a list of those things, right? basically empty it out okay and then there's a there's ways to resolve your feeling toward your relationship to each one of those things because it's not about those things it's your relationship to those things that's that's the challenge mm. so the more i can have a free relationship the more the more i can experience something without judging it the more i can experience something without attaching to it right the more freedom i feel Right. So I need to, I need to figure out and there are different ways of, of releasing your relationship to those things that you want freedom from. And then there's another list that you make is like this, this, this relationship to freedom too. Like what is, what is it that they want the freedom to do? And I'm a big fan of, of Dan Sullivan's work. So I like helping people live with, look at having like a longer timeline and a shorter timeline. So shorter timeline would be like the next 90 days, right? The mm -hmm. longer timeline would be my like 25 years is what he suggests for us. Other people it's 10 years, right? Or at least five, but not one, mm -hmm. maybe not even three, because it's not quite far enough out because we need it far enough out to have you start imagining what it feels like. Like what does Lindsay, what, what do you want Lindsay to feel like in 25 years? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And typically we undervalue the, the power of what, of the feeling of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you put out ahead of you, this is how I feel and how that's a done deal, right? I'm going to start living. I'm going to start living that energy. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so in the next 90 days, what can I do that's in alignment with that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So in order to feel that way, I need to let go of, I need to, you know, do an evaluate and maybe an audit of my time wasters, my, my time consumers, my time burners, right? My vampires, <laughs> all of these things, things that also need, I want freedom from, mm -hmm. right? And I want freedom to things like, so I, I need energy, I need vitality. And so I start need, I need, I need to start sorting through things that take me in the alignment. We talked about alignment at the beginning of this, the, the alignment of that, 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 the carrot that you're setting out for yourself, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the carrot's not a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, feeling it's a way of being in the world right and then anything that's not alignment toward that feeling you just say no to yes and i love that idea of the way of being because we have zero control over the market that our businesses are in we have all the control in how we respond and that goes down, that goes right back to our way of being and how do we want to show up? Well, the world's on fire. Holy gosh. Okay. Who amongst this fire do I want to be 
and how am I going to show up? And so it gives us that ability to choose. Yeah. In the fire. Is it, is it okay if I yeah. dive right off the edge here of, of, of potential sanity land for people? <laughs> <laughs> Have at her. What I, heard, what I understood in what you said there, one of the things you said was, we don't really have control of our markets and things or something to the effect of that. Now, here's the thing is, I can't say that with all conviction that that's true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the reason why I can say that is you have two individuals that are running different conversation narratives in their minds. Mm -hmm. One is saying they're looking at the same thing. And one is saying, this is such an awful thing that's going on, mm -hmm. right? I can't believe it. Everything's falling apart. This person is looking at it saying, this reeks of opportunity and we're going to capture the opportunity. You might not know how you're going to capture it, but which one, which team would you want to be on? Oh, the latter, the let's right? do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, this idea that we create our own realities becomes meaningful because yeah. you run a different frequency, not just being optimistic. Like this false optimism thing is not what I'm talking about. No, no. There's, what no. I'm talking about is genuinely being the type of person because you choose it that runs the vibration of we are going to come out of this smelling like a rose. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to happen. I know I might not even know how long it's going to take, but this is the best time for us to shift you know, or to pivot or whatever right now. So it's, it's, it's a challenge in the business world because we've been so trained to think compartmentally, so linearly. So all, it's all about methodology. It's all about what strategy I need, all this stuff. And you know what, for those people, awesome. But that's not where, that's not where I operate. No. And the people that I see have the greatest amount of success understand that their inner world is going to determine their outer world. And those individuals you believe, I, I mean, there's no question you see them um, and you just know it. You try it's it's with all their belief. There's no question. Whereas you go to net. Well, when we were able to go to networking event, events, you could tell those who would say the words, but didn't believe the story, didn't believe yeah. where they were going, didn't believe in their, didn't believe. Whereas those who stood up and just with all their being absolutely just radiate, this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing, join me. Right. Absolutely, this is where yeah. I'm going. Who's coming with me? I don't know how we're gonna get there. And stuff yeah. like this. this. This ties into the third part of that triangulation that we're going at. So we did freedom from and we did freedom too. Mm -hmm. But this is the freedom because like, why do you want this? Like, why is it so important to you? you know, like we just did this with you last week or our last, our last session. Oh, I think it's every session, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we really, we really got it. And, 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 you know, after all the time we've worked together, you revealed this part that I didn't know. I didn't know the gravity, the depth of it and why it meant so much to you. Mm -hmm. right? And I'm not going to, you know, with, without your permission, I'm not going to say anything about it, but the important part is it, that is the feeling that drives that will, when you connect to the power of why it's so important to you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is never the first thing, right? It's usually layers deep. Mm -hmm. But when you connect to that freedom, because like, I want to be free because like, and when I think free, I was like, you, know, you can put, you can put success in there. You can do whatever. But Tony Robbins was famous for saying, um, Success without, without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. So I don't want to be, or I want to do my part to have as few people end up successful that are regretting that they didn't work on their fulfillment, their inner self mm -hmm. at the end of their lives. Like that would be an ultimate failure for me as a coach, I would say, is to help somebody get successful, but then they, they wreck their family, they... You know, they become, they, they live an unhappy life that there are coaches who, who I think can help with that. That's not going to be me because there's nothing that 
makes me light up more than helping somebody bring the best self, you know, to humanity. Because that's how our humanity issues get solved. Yeah. What else isn't going to do it? You need to do it. Yeah. It doesn't mean you need to solve the world's problems. You solve all this stuff and then see what happens in the world. This stuff being, he's pointing at his chest. Oh, right. <laughs> the inside yeah. stuff, the, the inside inner stuff. stuff for those who are uh, listening and not watching. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, there's a master coach, Peter Crohn was talking, to, was actually kind of coaching Aubrey Marcus and, and, he, and he works in, in this world as well. And he's like, man, to be able to, he's, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically was stating that to be able to have this one conversation that helps you resolve and shift make these little incremental shifts or big shifts, these quantum leaps in your own identity to let go, to know that your future is but a blank canvas, no matter where you come from or where you think your future happens in the now. But if you can slide into your future self, your now begins to look much different, right? So he says, by doing those kinds of things, you will make way for, you know, faster advances than you would in like doing 10 years of, tools, tactics, and techniques. Tim, my mind, it's, well, I've said this before to you and I'll say it again, it's very full. My mind is full, thank you. Um, I do have one more question for you, but before we dive into that, I do just wanna let our lovely listeners know that the wonderful Timothy Roy is starting a new online school for folks who wanna bring the best expression of self into their lives relationship, health, and humanity. I, I can't even say enough about the work that Tim has done with me. Um, I don't even recognize myself some days in a good way, although my puns are still there. So his work is fantastic because it really gets to the core of you. If you are interested in learning more about this new online school, please follow Tim at timothyroy.com slash stay tuned. And that's T-Y. M-O-T-H-Y-R-O-Y dot com slash stay tuned. And I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Now, Tim, my dear, thank you so much for being here. As you have really started to taught me, to taught me, you've started to teach me to play with my mind um, and opportunity and possibility. So I'm excited to hear what you have for this question answer. In your mind of opportunity and possibility, what do you believe would happen if businesses realized that they are people too? This is such a beautiful question. Um, I, I believe that if we have more people look at their businesses as the extension of self, then what we end up doing in business, and I'm going to draw from... <laughs> Some of the Arbinger stuff here is we basically just stop seeing, we, we stop a transactional world, right? Transactions can be part of it, sure, but what we, what we really start focusing on is a relationship world. We start seeing others as people, individuals, and not as customers, not as clients, not as transactions, because that's a different word. You know, those other words are different words for the transaction. Like, you know, my, my, my people, the relationships I have, um, like when I go kind of coming full circle, when it's, when I said I was in massage, like I was a massage therapist for a long time. One of the things we learned in massage school was about something called dual, dual role relationships. And that basically dual role relationships were forbidden. Right. So if you saw someone professionally, you weren't really to, you, you weren't either to, you know, you didn't want to become started doing any counseling or anything like that on the table and, and fine. So be it. But then it even, it even extrapolates into, you know, I can see you professionally, but I can't see you personally. So I had a friend who was seeing a psychologist and the psychologist said, if I see you at Safeway or, you know, wherever, I won't be saying hello which is really interesting because that's a, that's a whole basis based in separation. And so we have all these rules and all these rules are man-made. Like I, in my own self, 
my own, the, the more that I know you, Lindsay, and the deeper that we go and take our relationship, like, I don't just want a client, like I want a relationship. And I hope that relationship lasts a long ass time, professionally, personally, whatever. And if we do it right, I think that's the way it goes. And so I start seeing my business as an extension of self. And then we start doing business to business stuff. We can, you know, look, we, I think we might be able to find a way if we live from that place of how would it feel to have our businesses interact like we cared for one another. Well then, we you know, do. that's, that's what, what's up? Because we do. Because we do. Yeah. It's not and if more life, and more people yeah. do, because, you know, we care about. And yeah. so if I can extract, you know, have my business, stop compartmentalizing my business, yeah. knowing your business is a piece of a whole living thing. Your business is an entity. It's an artificial person mm -hmm. and it has different cells in it doing different things. So when we can take these things, look at our businesses like they're people too, then I think we can start treating each other a lot differently. Instead of, instead of, instead of trying to solve problems, we can start looking for how we can make this be a better thing, whatever it is, mm. which can include the transaction. Wonderful. I love it. It's not an either or. It's always an end. There's always an end at some yeah, there's point. Always a way. Jim, thank you so gosh darn much. Well, I, I need to digest some of the items that have just been spoken to here. Thank you. I know I got a ridiculous amount of value from this conversation. I know our listeners will as well. Again, please connect with Timothy, timothyroy.com slash stay tuned. And of course, I'm Lindsay Harrell, host of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast. Until next time, thank you. Really enjoyed it, Lindsay. So how's your head? Mine is a full, but so ready to continue moving closer to who I want to become. Thank you, Timothy, for your super meaty insights on how leaders can be more fulfilled when they take radical personal responsibility. Now head on over to our show notes and click the links and resources in Tim's episode at anchor.fm slash businesses are people too. Now, a special thank you to all of you listeners for an amazing first season of Businesses Are People Too, a podcast. But don't worry, season two is all lined up and full of even more insights diving into the veins of the business personhood. So, to never miss an episode in our new season, be sure to subscribe and listen on your favorite podcast platform. You know, either Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you really enjoyed this episode, you would make my heart do a wee giggle if you left a five-star rating. Now, until next time, and until next season, big hugs, big love, and have a most awesome day. <laughs>